radio personality, Deborah Honeycutt, revealing stories from the red carpet to parenthood, all on three hours of sleep. Doctors recommend eight hours of sleep nightly for proper brain function. Anything less can cause mental function. And now, on three hours sleep, here's your host, Deborah Honeycutt. Well, welcome to Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. Thank you for being here. And this is episode five. Episode five is titled, We Were Mortified, Share Your Shame. We all have those moments that are extremely embarrassing, humiliating even, and some I don't like to admit, but you know what? Uh, They happen to all of us. And my sister would know best, so I thought she'd be the perfect guest for the theme of this show titled, We Were Mortified, Share Your Shame. And I'm talking about my younger sister, Kristen. And Kristen, are you there? I'm here. Kristen has several things that I love about her, but her laugh is number one. I call it a cackle. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Many people make fun of my laugh. You have the best laugh. And of course, I'm part of a morning show. For those who don't know, it's Jim, Deb, and Kevin on 95.5 WFMS, and we're based here in Indianapolis. And my co-host and I think that Darius Rucker has the best laugh in country music. Mm -hmm. It's one of those that's super contagious. But Kristen, my younger sister, is known for her laugh. You also, a couple of other things about you that people probably don't know. Uh, you love your politics. Political history, right. And that's not something that we have in common. I think it was a passion that I shared with dad. Yes. Uh, and so I just, yeah, I just love to continue to read it. And I will tell you that I share this love with like maybe one friend of mine. Uh, my husband will walk into the room and if I'm watching it, a political documentary history, he refuses to watch. <laughs> I love that that is one of your passions. Um, but one of the other things that I would say I, I would want to point out about Kristen is that you know she was a cheerleader in high school and a cheerleader in college, but she's everybody's cheerleader. And so when a moment is happening, a milestone in your life or a celebration of some sort, Kristen's always that person that is, you know, rallying behind you and a big advocate for celebrating those small to big moments in, in someone's life, whether it's a, a family member or a friend. And so I've always loved that about you, Chris. But one of the things that I say um, many people have noticed or observed, I guess would be the right word, about our family is that we tend to get ourselves in um, several predicaments. And some are unfortunate. Some are a little embarrassing, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. why I'm having you on this episode. We were mortified. Share your shame. You also, like myself, are an open book. And so I want you to start with telling the story about the pink fishing pole. The pink fishing pole. So... My dear friend, Laura, has just these adorable sons that love her so much. And on Mother's Day, they bought mom a pink fishing pole because they love to go fishing. And they thought, well, mom needs her own fishing pole. So uh, every year in the fall, there's an annual trip down to Dale Hollow Lake. There's a bunch of adults that kind of escape down there. And we do a little, you know, outdoor time on the lake, a little adult beverages, lots of music, floating in the water, And this particular year, uh, this last fall, they convinced me to rent a houseboat. Up until this year, we would always rent a cabin because in the evening, we could get off the water and I could have a bed on land and a restroom. Sure. So (laughs) Yeah, with with indoor plumbing. With indoor plumbing was a big, big deal. So this year, they said, no, Chris, we got to try it. we got to try a houseboat. This is my husband. So when you rent a houseboat, you know, I was just in my mind thinking I'm going to bring my bag and then sit in the room and then we're going to take off. There's like a process. So like you have to get on and then the captain comes and he does the crew to like the tour and shows you how everything works. And we do bring our friend Dallas with us who 
I don't know. I think he knew how to drive houseboats, you know, before he was like in kindergarten. So, you know, I feel safe. I'm like, okay, he's going to know how to get us out to the lake. And then, and then comes the tour of the restroom. And, they, you know, they want us to, to flush a certain way to limit oh. our time going. Ooh. And, you know, right. So depending on what you have done in your visit to the restroom, you have to, you know, pull up or push down and you have, you know, if you've, Again, depending on what has happened in your time in there, you have to grind. What, excuse me? What, what's grind? You have, to, you have to, like, push it down several times, and then you pull up to get it to empty it. <laughs> yeah. so I was obviously this. very stressed about this process and getting it right. I'd never been right. on a houseboat before, and most others on the trip had been. So, anyway, Dallas says, hey, Chris, don't worry about it. And I've known Dallas since junior high, so I'm not embarrassed. And he's like, listen, Chris, don't worry about it. I'm going to take all the girls every morning to shore, and we'll, you know, go into one of these gas stations, and you can use the restroom. But, like, that's a lot of pressure to not only say, you know, you got to go in the morning, but you got to go in the certain window that Dallas is willing to take us in into short. So then you have to like, you know, the way my I, my mind works is then I got to wake up and I have to have caffeine by like 830. If he's going to send us in by nine, you know, like to make sure everything's moving. Right. So I do it. I am up and I am ready. And I'm like, I got I, I'm on the program. And sure enough, I am not somebody that can go on demand. So I would just ride back into town or into the boat and spend my day. Well, then there happened to be a day where several folks went jet skiing, several folks went on a boat ride, and it just happened to be Dallas, our friend from junior high, and his lovely wife, Jamie, and myself were on the boat. Everybody else was out doing some fun stuff on the water. And I thought, oh, I think I think the duty calls. So I did go to the restroom on the boat. Each bedroom had its own little restroom, my husband and I's room, and I I'm like, okay, grind, 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 pull up. And it just, it wasn't happening. Like I apparently used too much toilet paper. I don't know. I did it all wrong. And all of a sudden the water is rising and rising and rising. It wasn't stopping. So I immediately was like, I have to tell somebody. I have to get some help. There were only two people on the boat with me and it was Dallas and his wife, Jamie. And again, I just keep telling myself in my head, I have known Dallas since junior high. He was in my wedding. I can tell him this. So I run out and I'm like, hey, Dal, I think I've done something wrong. And I try to explain it. And he he's like, okay, Chris, let's go look at it. And of course, I'm mortified anyway. Oh, no. Right? That, that someone other than me is going to have to look at what I have done into the restroom. <laughs> So he says, but you know what? We're going to need like a hanger or something long that we can shove down in there to help break it up. Wait, wait, wait. You don't have like plungers? No plungers on a houseboat? No plungers. And honestly, when you go on, you go camping on a houseboat for a weekend, no one's bringing like lovely clothes. You don't bring anything that's hanging. So we had no hangers, but we had the pink fishing pole. Oh, and so no. the lovely gifted from her sweet boys and my, and my friend Laura was off on a jet ski ride. And I just, I said, let's just, let's use this. We solved the best restroom problem with the pink fishing pool. Okay. That's one problem solved, but the other one would be informing Laura that her yeah. thoughtful son's gift was now covered right. in something else. So, so later that evening, it was kind of mentioned like, hey, we should do some fishing tonight. And Laura was like, yeah, that'd be great. And so I had to politely say, hey, listen, about that. 
And I was horribly honest with her, and it was super. She was super sweet about it, and I think she has. She is one to have a louder laugh than myself. So the two of us together um, got a big chuckle out of it, and that was like last fall. And just recently on Mother's Day, I was at her house, and she said, "Oh, Chris, I got to show you what my boys bought." For Mother's Day, there were several friends there, and I, I got to show you what my boys bought me for Mother's Day this year, and they bought her a baseball glove. So her sweet boys are just saying, like, here, here are the things we like to do, and we want to make sure that mom can do them with us. Love it. So I said, oh, Laura, I think that that's just so sweet. And then someone said, ah, didn't your boys just buy you a pink fishing pool like a year or two ago? And then, of course, <laughs> the story was told in all front of all these people as to why we no longer use the pink fishing pool. Oh, my gosh. Uh, clearly, you know, I shared this story with somebody, and they said, well, fishing poles can be washed off. We did the best we could. I just I don't think that it might be her go-to fishing pool any longer. I believe she probably has a different one. You know what? I probably should be buying her a fishing pole, right? I would, I would get her a fishing pole and get yourself a plunger. <laughs> yeah. I need a travel plunger, I think. Yes. That is one of my favorite stories. But you're still very good friends with this Laura and, and her husband yes. and family. You've vacationed mm-hmm. with them before. But I want to say it's the same family that involved the moldy buns. Yes, yes. That's often another story. Maybe I'm now I'm starting to wonder why they're why they stuck around so long because yeah. that was the moldy bun story happened at one of our first, you know, get togethers. They have an amazing son named Maverick who is friends with our son Jackson and we've played baseball with Maverick. The boys have played baseball together since they were seven and they're thirteen now. So lots of memories have been made, you know, in between the moldy muns and the pink fishing pole. But, yes, those two stick out particularly, and it happened to be after a baseball game. And I just said, hey, guys, why don't you come over? We're going to grow out, and you can you can join us. Uh, you obviously know my husband, but he gets in the car, and he's like, well, Chris, do we need to go to the store? Do we need to clean the house? You know, like, I don't operate on that program, right? He, that's Justin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know. We've got we've got buns. We've got hamburgers. Like, we'll figure it out. Let's just go home. We, we have everything. And so we did, and I can tell the kids are hungry. And so as soon as the burgers are off the grill, I'm making the burgers for the boys. And, you know, like they're little then. And so, you know, I'm putting them down in front of them. And God love that little maverick. He just tore into it. And before I could stop them, I had gone back to the island to make the adults their burgers. I realized then that when I went back to make the burgers for the adults, that the buns were molded. And before I could even stop Maverick, he stood up and said, that was a great burger, Miss Kristen. <laughs> and I didn't even know what to say other than I knew I could not serve the rest of these buns. So I had to look at my new friends, Jason and Laura, and say, hey, guys, we're going to need to go to the store because these buns are molded. And Jason <laughs> said, you mean the same bun that Maverick just ate? <laughs> What was your husband saying in this moment? Oh, I mean, Deb, you know, Justin, he was like, Chris, kidding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, are you kidding? You know, he's over there sweating. And then I pulled out moldy buns. So, And, and they have returned. That's the thing. I cannot believe they didn't leave and go, okay, those well, yeah, people. I mean, the boys were seven then. They're 13 now. <laughs> so I, between the moldy buns and the fishing pole, I'm pretty sure these are friends for life. Oh, my gosh. We are joined by my younger sister, Kristen, who always has a fun story to tell. Of course, the the, uh, title of the show, the episode theme is We Were Mortified, Share Your Shame. Now, Kristen, you also were (laughs) telling me about a moment where you were having dinner with some business executives and you were educated about trying oysters for the first time. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, 
Midwest. It wasn't just, I don't know, we didn't grow up eating oysters. They weren't serving them at Red Lobster where in Anderson, where we're from, right? So (laughs) I was just telling everyone, like, I don't eat oysters. And of course, you know, when when you announce, I don't eat sushi or I don't eat this, no one ever sits down and says, like, oh, I don't eat corn on the cob. Obviously, I felt like very naive and kind of a newbie to the crowd. And so... So we have to try it. You have to try it. Put like a little sauce in there on top of it. Got it all ready. And, you know, I'm internally prepping myself of what this is going to taste like. And I put it up to my mouth and I had watched the other gentleman. I was the only female at the table and I'm watching everybody do this. And I put it up to my mouth to suck the, the little stuff out and nothing comes out. And no one told me that you have to cut the little muscle off so that it just slides right off the oyster. When you first told me this story, Kristen, um, you imitated yourself, but you were slurping (laughs) quite extensively. Yeah, you know, trying to get this darn thing off and no one was helping me and they were dying laughing, you know, so I'll just stick with like, you know, my meat and potatoes because that I can handle. Yeah, you know, and if it makes you feel better to this day, uh, I'm 48 years old, and you're right. They didn't serve those when we were at Red Lobster or growing up in our household. And I still no. have never tried oysters. But there's something about the texture. I don't know that I. I don't know that I would enjoy it. Well, I never even got there because I couldn't get it off the oyster. What'd you do? Put it down and say I'm done. Forget yeah, it. At that point, when they were all laughing at me, I was done. <laughs> okay. Well, the show, of course, titled "We Were Mortified." Share your shame, and I have my own. Um, and it seems like mine, if you recall, have often been when I was expecting. And I remember, uh, Kristen, we were. <laughs> I was riding with Greg. Well, you were there for one. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But I was riding with Greg just down the road from our home, and he was driving. And I was probably six or seven months pregnant, and I didn't realize in that moment that I have, I, I think, a little rage when the hormones get going, and I, I would tend to get sometimes angry if something set me off. And so we pulled up to this four-way stop, and the lady that was to my right, to the passenger's right, she apparently didn't think Greg was going to stop. And Greg's a good driver. He's a driver's ed instructor actually now, but he, he was getting ready to pull through the intersection, and he waited for a moment for her to go first. And she didn't think he was going to wait. And so she kind of wagged her finger and leaned in over her steering wheel. And it was to give the the reaction of, ah, 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 it's not your turn. And I don't know what it was, but I felt my blood boil in my toes. (laughs) And it just came up over my whole body. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but, you know, we're going to be an open book here on this podcast. And I flipped her off. I can't believe I did that. I, in fact, Greg couldn't believe I did it. He looked at me and he goes, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, but that made me feel better. It just, <laughs> I think it's cute that you only think you did this because you were pregnant. I don't have these moments all the time. So you recall <laughs> the second one. I was extremely yes. pregnant. We were at Benihana. For those that don't go to Benihana, you're at a, a hibachi table and your table usually faces another table across from you. It's like these Lego shaped tables. And so you're kind of looking at each other. Well, the table that was across from us was a, it was like a girl's night out. So it was a party of eight women. And we all know in our family that I love the salad dressing that comes on the salads at a hibachi place. You know, our mom doesn't, right? She was known for bringing her own bottle of craft Thousand Island. She would hide it in her purse. You know, when we get our, served our salads, she would sprinkle a little bit of dressing over and put it back. And she tried to be very discreet about it, but she couldn't enjoy the salad if she didn't have a dressing that she liked. Well, the people across from us had a heyday. They thought it was weird and they were snickering. And I don't know what it was. I mean, number one, I'm I'm protective of our family, but number two, I was pregnant. And 
I just unleashed. If you recall, I looked at them and I said, do you have a problem? My whole entire family, you included, were under the table. Yeah, my husband for sure was. And I, if I think, if I remember right, you were pregnant with Griffin. And so then when you announced a couple of years later that you were pregnant with Hayden, my husband was like, oh boy, here we go. Because he knows <laughs> this is what comes. And I, I think it's hilarious. I'm yeah. a people pleaser. So I would never want to, never want to upset somebody or it was just these moments where my head would spin off my neck and I sure. would lash out at people. And then the third time, of course, pregnant, moved into our home, brand new home um, <laughs> that we had just built. And the ladies on each side of me, we're friends with each other. I think they had a jewelry business at the time. And um, we were trying to get the grass to grow in our backyard. And all of a sudden, I look over out, out the back window as I'm standing at the sink and I'm washing dishes. And I see neighbor one walking through the backyard to go visit with neighbor two. It should be no big deal. But I, and I don't know what it was, my blood was boiling and totally reacted inappropriately. I went to the back door. I swung it open and I said, the standard phrase that we all make fun of, get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was awful. We have since joked about it. She's a friend of mine now and she's forgiven me and I've apologized. Uh, but those are those moments that happen when I'm pregnant. Now, even just till a few years ago, I've had both boys say, hey, we want a baby sister. Will you have another baby? And I said, guys, I can't have another child. I'll end <laughs> up in jail because I don't react very well. Um, with all those hormones. Another one of those, we were mortified moments, share your shame. And I like what you said earlier, Chris, because we all have them. Maybe not everyone is so quick to share them. They're a little embarrassing. I'm glad to have you on, Chris, and I want people to get to know you a little bit better. So I like to do rapid fire with my guests, or I'm going to throw out some questions, and I want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Tell me something that you wish you were better at doing. I wish I was more organized. Okay. I think your husband would probably agree. Uh, number of times that you check your email in a day? Like infinite. I don't know. All, all day long. What about yeah. the last time you wrote a, a check? Um, recently for maybe the cleaning people. First thing that you grab out of the fridge? Diet Coke. A pet that you wish you still had? Uh, midnight. Our little poodle. Yes, we had that one growing up. Number of times that you've run out of gas. And I'm interested to hear if yours would be higher than mine. I mean, I don't even know, Debbie, like probably as much as I check my email. What? Yes. Have you seen that TikTok where the women are saying like, you know, there's a gas shortage. We were made for this because we've been running around on E for decades. Like that's me. <laughs> I didn't realize it'd been that many. I mean, I think I could keep mine under, uh, you know, count on two hands. I have run out of people to call and help me because they've helped me multiple times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, tying back into that, wishing you were more organized. I got, I got a lot going on. I'm, I, I balance a lot. Name someone that you remember from your childhood. Uh, my friend Jenny. And finally, a song that makes you happy. Um, oh, I was just talking about this today. Um, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. I Want to Dance with Somebody. Okay, so I'm joined by my younger sister, Kristen, for this episode. And I like to end an episode with a guest uh, with that newer segment that we revealed or introduced to you last week. And it's called Find Your Story, because I do believe that everybody has a story. And unfortunately, we often get defined with our story by what we do. And I think we should be defined by who we are. And so Find Your Story is about what inspires you and what you want to be remembered for 
And so I have some questions that you can ask these to yourself. See what answers you come up with. Ask your partner later if you're having uh, dinner tonight. You can ask these questions and go over them yourself. But I want to ask you, Kristen, so we're going to start with the first one, which is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, always invite someone and let them be the one to say no. And I think that came from our mom. You know, this there's times like, you think so-and-so would want to come? Like, is that something they would be into or not? Just don't even question it. Just invite them and let them decide. I do remember that. It's interesting that you say that because rather than cut somebody out and let someone not feel included, let them be the one to opt out themselves. Exactly. And then also, um, you know, it's a tie, Deb, because our dad also taught us that proper prior planning prevents his poor performance. Um, And I'm 40, almost 42, and I'm trying, you know, I try always to to abide by that, but there are days that, you know, you're, and I know you are too, that we're both, we're last minute Lucy, so we're like throwing it together last minute. Very true. And he always did tell us that. At least it sunk in with one. There's three of us girls. And I would say our older sister, oldest, yes, she likes her spreadsheets. She's very organized. And for whatever reason, you and I kind of uh, marched to the beat of our own drum. Recently, she told us she had a spreadsheet for every gift she had given everyone in our family for the last 12 years. Right, whether it's birthday or Christmas. And to me, waste of time. Why are you recording all of those? And she says, well, that way I can go back and see what I spent for you on this Christmas or this birthday and not duplicate anything. And I thought, I can't even. My image just makes my head swim. So next question, what one word best describes you? Uh, Last, because um, I think that you and I both and, and, and Shell, our other sister, we were raised to laugh at ourselves and to not take life too seriously. And I think that I try to do that. I and mean, obviously, I was willing to come in on this uh, podcast today and tell you some of my worst horror stories of embarrassment. You know, those are the moments that are going to keep us going if we can laugh at it, right? Because life gets too hard. And if you take it too seriously, it's going to be really mundane and, and long. And I would rather just laugh at the things that get thrown at us and how we deal with them and keep going. And I think that's a good example to set for for my three young ones. Absolutely. I love that perspective. So third question, you walk into a room and everyone you know is there. Who is the first person you're looking for? My husband. And I think he approaches life the same way. I know, you know, we've known each other since we were super young. And I know he has a little bit more of like a stressor that he carries. And I know, you know, I'm talking about like, he just needs life to go perfect. And and he stresses a lot. But at the same time, together, we, we learn to stop and laugh at ourselves. And, and he's always up for a good social event. So if everything, if everyone I know is in that one room, I know if I can find him, we'll get everybody laughing and having fun. And, and we, we nickname him the mayor um, with our group of friends because he, he loves to laugh like I do. And, and we like to connect people and have a good time. That's awesome. Since this segment is titled Find Your Story, next question would be, what would one chapter of your book be titled? Oh, gosh. Maybe that should be maybe that should be it. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, oh gosh. I mean, I think that's just kind of life, right? Like, oh gosh, this happened or you know, jobs have changed or job loss or job successes or, you know, kids struggles or a baby at 40, even though it was super planned, it's like certainly very different than when I did it at 28. And so there's just lots of moments of, oh gosh. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, you don't have any control of the things that happen to you, but you have control on how you react to them, which is funny because what we just discussed, I'm probably the one with the temper, but my perspective of handling everything that is thrown at you is, um, oh, gosh, we'll deal with it. Like, this is coming up next. We got it. I love that. True life. And as I mentioned yep. before, finding your story is more about your journey. What inspires you, your path in life? 
So I'm going to leave it and end it with this. What is your story? Um, I think my story is, you know, it's really weird that you asked me that at 42 after having just had my third a year ago. Um, I kind of feel like an adult now, and I think that's really odd to think. You know, I got married at 23. I had child 28. I had one at 34. And then again, one at 40, and I finally feel like an adult. And I think that's a really cool feeling in doing so. I finally, at 42, am realizing the responsibility of being an adult, that I have three little sets of eyes watching me. Um, I know how important some of the life lessons are that our parents taught us. And so those three little sets of eyes inspire me to do good every day, to treat people kindly, to put in hard work and allow them to see the results of hard work and to love my family. Um, and I, I know, Deb, that you and I and Michelle and, and Mom, even though Dad's not here, we're all setting such a good example of doing that. And so those three little sets of eyes, Jackson, Lincoln, and Monroe, inspire me, but last along the way. And I think that's why I was so willing to come on here today and share these embarrassing stories because, honestly, like I said, life is hard. And if you can't laugh at the stuff that we're goofy with, if we have to use your friend's pink fishing pole to unclog a toilet on a boat, if you can't laugh at that, then life's going to get pretty hard. So those three little sets of eyes certainly inspire me. I just feel like, gosh, I want to do it right. And um, you know what? Even losing grandma recently, she did it right, Deb, didn't she? And I just think, gosh, at 42, I still have so much life to live. And I just want at the end of the day to someone else to say it was a life well lived. That is so wonderful what you just said. And and I've realized that you might feel like an adult after three kids, but after my kids, I'm a hot mess when it comes to emotions. I cry so easily. I cry at commercials, but I started welling up, Kristen, with tears when you were saying what you did about your family and how grandma set a great example for us. And so I love your story. Well, I love your story, Deb, and I'm always so proud of you for getting on here every day and sharing so much of yourself because it's not easy to do. I admire that about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, I, I, I hate to admit this, Kristen, because I think if you're going to say that you finally feel like an adult, that might mean putting more fuel in your tank. Well, you know, baby steps. <laughs> I mean, I just started going to the grocery like on a regular basis at 42. Yeah, because that used to overwhelm you, right? I still hate it. I still hate it. But who told anybody that they're, they are an adult when they graduate high school or college? Because I certainly wasn't. You know, and I think that yeah. as we as we age and as we grow, we kind of learn who we are. And that's what Find Your Story is all about. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. You know that I love you. I uh, love you too, If you want to get the first couple of chapters of the book that I'm writing titled, Is This Thing On? You can do so. Go follow me on Instagram. It's Deborah Honeycutt Media. You can grab those chapters there and I will um, send you a download. The link is in the bio. And then join us next week. And thank you for being here for We Were Mortified. Share your shame. Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. Have a great day.